This podcast is brought to you by Ideate and Execute. Do you want to drive innovation in your organization, futurize your enterprise, ideate massively valuable new products, or execute them to market? Then contact us today at ideateandexecute.com and get started. And welcome to the Think Future radio show. My name's Chris Kalabukas, and once again, we're coming at you live from deep, deep, deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We're talking innovation, startups, the future. Not necessarily those, and not necessarily in that order to show number 38. And I had a whole raft of things I wanted to talk about today, but I watched a tech t- TED Talk. I watched an excellent TED Talk this morning on architecture. And I'm going to diverge. I'm going to digress because it's my show and I can do what I want. Now, anyway, I mean, this is a little bit of a little bit about the future, a little bit about the past, a little bit about the present. But it was very interesting. It was talking about how architecture has changed over the last 30 years, 300 years. And I've always loved architecture. I've always thought to myself, if I never got into this computer thing, in fact, I was sort of dipping my toe into the architectural thing anyway in grade 9, back in high school in Canada, I took a drafting class because it was the first class that you need to take if you wanted to go down the path of becoming an architect. So at that time, I was toying with two completely different Well, I guess they're not that different. Maybe they're not that different anymore, but they were different at the time. Two completely different career choices. One was computer programming, technology, the path I ended up taking. And the other one was architecture. That's right, folks. I could have been an architect. I keep saying to myself, I could have been an architect if I'd made that career choice. You know how some people say, well, if you go back and look at the choices you made over your life, how would your life be different If you had made that choice, that's a funny question because how can you possibly tell? How can you possibly tell that your life, how your life is going to work out if you make one choice over another? So, for example, if I decided not to get into technology and I went into architecture, who knows where I'd be right now? I could be a, um, a failure and I could be a success. Who knows? I could have some huge building somewhere on the Toronto skyline or... I might be just doing gas stations up in Alliston, Ontario, or some remote location like Pickle Lake or something like that. Anyways, but I digress. So, architecture. It was interesting to talk about how architecture swings back and forth between these two pendulums. Uh, innovation and symbolism. And he was talking about how a lot of the buildings that we're building today still reminiscent of ancient Greek architecture. I mean, when you look around at a house, a typical house, a typical home, no matter what the weather is, no matter where you live, no matter whether it's in uh, the Nordics, in some place hot, in some place cold, in some place where it snows, in some place where it rains, it doesn't really matter what the elements are. All these homes seem to look exactly the same. They all have peaked roofs, 
and they all have straight walls, and they have windows in certain places in the middle of the wall, etc., etc. Except for a few architects who've broken the mold, most of the time, everybody just builds the same thing, right? They build things with peaked roofs, they build things with with uh, shingles, they build things with... I mean, it's all the same, right? I look around right now, and all these homes all are reminiscent of things like the Acropolis, of the way ancient Greeks built things. And for some reason, he was saying, this is what people like, this is what people want, people like that. Then again, architects want to do things that are completely different. So they do things that are completely different, people hate them, and the gulf widens. And what he was saying was that the advent of technology and social media and the ability to make visual make visual imagery and videos which show the buildings in the environment before they've even been built and allow those people to share and like and hate on social networks, it gets people used to the building in the place that the architect envisioned it to be. And What's happened is that it's opened things up, and prior to that, I think he was talking about the uh, the um, the gallery that Gary did in Bilbao was the first building that both architects and mass media and people in general really, really loved. So, from my perspective, it's great to see. I love seeing this because I am. I mean, <laughs> by the way, I. I have no idea. I mean, I used to read Ayn Rand when I was in, a teenager, which probably most of you did at the same time. And I loved The Fountainhead, and I thought that maybe maybe some of the reasons why I decided I wanted to be an architect came from that. Although I do enjoy drawing homes. I remember when I was uh, a tween, I remember taking clipboards full of paper and drawing plans of homes. So saying, here's a, here's a, here's the kind of home I'm going to build with these many bedrooms and this thing. And I was very, I was even trying to be very architecturally accurate. I mean, I looked, I, I looked at the symbols, what the symbols are supposed to look like for doors and windows and all that stuff. And I was <laughs> making these fake little blueprints when I was like 10, 9, 10 years old. But I digress again. It doesn't have anything to do with that. I wanted to build buildings. I've always wanted to build buildings. And, I think we should get that kind of opportunity. I guess what I'm trying to say is that we've been we've been uh, slave to what the builders tell us. Because if you think about it, we don't really have much of a choice in the homes we buy. We don't ha- really have much of a choice in what our home is going to look like, right? Because we basically decide on where we want to live. And then we look at what the availability of the homes in that area are. And we always have to... And it's not just the builder themselves. I mean, the builder wants to do things that reduce cost and also appeal to the greatest audience. Right? And, of course, the government also plays into that by saying, okay, you know, the building has to look like X, Y, Z. It has to look like this. It has to act like this. It has to have this much clearance. It has to have this much, this much electrical. It has to have this much plumbing. It has to have this much this, that. So the zoning laws and the bylaws of the governments in every area also keep you in that kind of box. Right? But the thing is, is that technology has changed to such a degree that we don't need to build buildings like that anymore. Buildings can be intimately customized to the whims of the buyer. When it when we talk about robots building buildings, when we talk about 3D printers building buildings, we, we talk about 3D printers building houses. 
your home can be as unique as you are. If you look at the subdivision of the future, we're not talking about the <laughs> rows and rows of ticky-tacky like they say on weeds. We're not talking about houses, all these houses that look the same. They're all going to be completely different because they'll all be part of the part of the 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 personality of the buyer. I mean, the home building experience is going to be completely different. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine going into a development? It'll be completely empty, They're completely empty. And as you walk in, you'll probably put on your Oculus Rift. They'll probably put on your Oculus Rift and give you maybe a few things to play with. But you can literally build your own home using something like an Oculus Rift or a HoloLens. You can literally pick up virtual pieces and design your home around you. Design your home around yourself with the architect guiding you, saying, okay, this is good, but we need to move this here for structural integrity, blah, 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 blah. And the the design of the home will completely reflect your requirements. I mean, why do people move? Why don't people pick a home that they love and stay in that home all of their lives? Because either they can't afford to or the house simply doesn't meet their requirements anymore. And the reason the house doesn't meet their requirements anymore is because they don't... (laughs) The house can't change. The house can't change to meet their requirements without extensive um, upgrading and renovations and things like that, and you need more space. There's so many reasons for that. But if you think about it, the homes of the future don't necessarily need to be like that. They could be upgradable. They could be changeable. You get a piece of land, you put something down that can be infinitely changed. It has a core of things like a living room. A living room, a bedroom, a kitchen, a bathroom. The four essential rooms of a home. And then you can bolt on additional rooms as you need it. Let's say you needed a family room. Bolt it on. Let's say you need another bathroom. Bolt it on. Let's say you need another bedroom. Bolt it on. Bolt it on. Bolt it on. Bolt it on. See what I'm saying? The homes of the future are going to be completely different, and they're not going to look anything like the houses we have now. Now, is that going to be an aesthetic problem for people? Are they going to say, well, I don't want to move into that neighborhood because every home looks completely different? But I think our aesthetics are going to change. Our aesthetics are going to change to the point where we're going to say, that's the kind of neighborhood I want to live in, because that's the kind of neighborhood where the individuality, the personality of the people who live in that neighborhood comes out in the neighborhood, comes out in the design of the homes that they live in. So I would love to be able to see that. And if you think about it, this is also going to reduce the cost. It's going to reduce the cost of material supplies. I remember a while back, a long, long time ago, 30, 40 years, 30 years ago, when I used to work at this company, was this guy who got the license to build these um, Nordic-style homes. They were they were like cubes on end in Canada. And he couldn't get anybody to buy these homes because it used modern materials. And I remember he, he was opining, he was lamenting that why is it that we can build all these office buildings using these steel girders and all these steel forms and all these cool forms that you can get when you use steel and metal But when it comes to a home, we have to build a damn thing out of wood. Why do we have to use ancient building materials to 
build homes. Why don't we use the most modern materials known to mankind to build homes? Because then we could build all sorts of amazing, amazing designs any way we want. And especially when you talk about 3D printing and robot printing, we can create so many amazing, phenomenal designs, beautiful architecture, things that you've never seen before in your life, reflecting and mimicking and and molding the shape to the life of the person within it. Because if you think about it, what we do is we mold our lives around the architecture that we live in and around. We walk this way, we walk that way, we have to do this, we have to do that. We live with what we have. Instead of building something that gives us exactly what we want. And that future is coming on fast. I just wish it would come on faster because that would be super cool. I can see that in the future that we'll be able to design our homes with our lives or use our lives to design our homes instead of designing our homes. Sorry, instead of designing our lives around our homes. Anyways, that's it for me for today. See you next time. And until then, don't forget to think future. Future.